whether you're making products or in the service business, it really comes down to relationships. One of the uh, necessary uh, qualities of a leader is being able to get things done through others, which requires partnership and collaboration with others. Welcome to Ignite Cast, the podcast of the Ignite Leadership Conference presented by the Community Development Foundation. My name is Rory Tyre. I'm a facilitator and coach with Go Innovation. And I'm Judd Wilson with the Community Development Foundation. I'm the Vice President of the Chamber of Commerce. And on today's episode, we had the privilege to sit down with Shane Spees. Shane is the CEO of North Mississippi Health Services, which is the largest non-metropolitan hospital in the United States. As you can imagine, there are a lot of leadership lessons to be learned. Shane had a lot of great things to say to us. Let's turn to that now. A lot of times as a leader, we learn from other leaders. Tell us uh, maybe a mentor that you had here in Tupelo that you looked up to, whether it's a coach or a teacher, um, that you still kind of draw on to this Mm -hmm. day. Actually, the mentor uh, that comes to mind is Dan Wilford who was a former administrator here in Tupelo, the hospital, in the 70s to early 80s. And so actually, I give Dan Wilford credit for the reason I'm in healthcare today and a lot of the reasons that I returned back home. I didn't know Dan until uh, until I contacted Dan when he was CEO of, Nor- of Memorial Hermann Healthcare System in Houston, Texas in 1995. And I knew of Dan's history in Tupelo, but didn't know Dan when he lived in Tupelo and was the administrator. So we were connected through a mutual friend. And fortunately for me, Dan uh, took my cold call I placed to him. And that cold call was just to ask Dan about the business and how I could become familiar and better understand what healthcare administration is all about. That's amazing. So you, a cold call, so you kind of stepped out and said, hey, this is something I'm wanting to think about doing this is who I'm going to try to call and get that feedback from. Absolutely, Judd. I, I took an interesting uh, route in healthcare um, just because I started out in law school and realized quickly that that was not the career path that I felt was best for me. That's neat. Let's we'll speak about Dan and then yourself. As a leader, what do you think are some key traits that a leader should have? I'll stick with Dan Wilford, my mentor. And, and uh, Dan always believed and coached that relationships were the most important uh, characteristic in business. Whether you're making products or in the service business, it really comes down to relationships. Whether that's a relationship with a direct report, whether it's a relationship with a peer, or it's a relationship with team members that you rely on to get your work or your your product delivered every single day. And so the focus on relationships uh, certainly came and was fostered through that um, my uh, coaching and training under Dan, uh, and I support that and believe that wholeheartedly today that relationships is probably the most important characteristic uh, in a leadership role that we have. Um, another area is, is fostering and coaching the development of other leaders in the organization. Uh, everything from uh, being intentional about your succession plan as well as being intentional about how you develop those around you and your future leaders within your organization. So fortunate for us, we got connected with Ignite uh, at the inaugural Ignite conference, and and we quickly realized that that would be a very good tool for us as a healthcare system to utilize and expose our leaders under development as part of our succession planning activities within our healthcare system. So it's been a really good match between Ignite and our healthcare system, uh, and actually we've used the Ignite 
conference, if you will, as a way to ignite our leadership development program uh, or reignite that leadership development program within the healthcare system uh, and as as the annual resetting point for that uh, leadership development program. So, for example, we sent 30 leaders to Ignite Conference, the inaugural conference in 2018. And from that conference, it created the basis for those 30 leaders to go down a development pathway throughout the remainder of 2018 that's gotten them exposed to many other areas of our healthcare system that they aren't exposed to as part of their job. Also led to other projects uh, that they were asked to participate in along with their peers within the leadership development training program. Uh, And those are projects that they otherwise would not have an opportunity to participate in. So we really give a lot of credit to the Ignite Conference of helping us uh, set the leadership development on the right path. Right. That's good. Development's always important, and we learn from many different ways, whether it's a conference or a book we read or a mentor yeah. as well. Sometimes we, you know, we learn from our failures as well. We see it with sports teams or whatever else. Sometimes when they don't win a game or something, they practice and try harder, and then they go back and have that success. Tell us a time where you maybe have had a failure and you've said to Shane, hey, this is what I've learned from that. This is what I'm going to do differently. And this is how I've won because I had that failure. Yeah, I, I think uh, one of the failures early on in my career that I, that I remember most is as part of my administrative residency program, we had the opportunity to spend several months in each of the hospitals within the Memorial Hermann Healthcare System. And so that gave us exposure to different different geographic regions, different hospitals of of all shapes, sizes, and colors. In my first hospital, I felt like I was just floating around and not getting much done uh, and uh, and really felt like I wasn't accomplishing much in my learning and educational development in that process. Uh, So it was through that that I got connected with an additional mentor of mine who helped me say, well, Shane, you know, it is what you put into it. And so help me help to guide me in terms of, you know, you've got to put the effort into establishing the relationships with those around you who you're willing and want to learn from. You have to take the initiative to get involved in projects which will serve as the basis for your gaining experience in, in the healthcare field. And so it was through that that I learned that I didn't take the right approach to my learning and educational uh, and didn't make the most of that first rotation within the hospital in my first couple of months on the ground. Um, and so fortunately, I learned a couple of months later that, you know, that I need to change the approach to that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how we look back and see that whether it's a mentor or whatever else, that we have to lean on somebody else. Of course, you hear the term standing on the, on the shoulders of giants. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we're not an island to ourselves. Sometimes it takes partnerships the hospital does a great job of partnering with the community and partnering with businesses around here. Why is it so important as a leader to be able to say, hey, I need to partner with this person to, you know, to make a difference or this organization to make a difference? Well, I think uh, one of the lessons that many of us learn quickly in leadership is that we can't do everything ourselves and by ourselves. Um, in fact, as a leader, one of the uh, necessary Uh, qualities of a leader is being able to get things done through others, which requires partnership and collaboration with others. Uh, I've had the benefit of having some fantastic team members working with me 
and supporting our team in leadership roles. And uh, clearly, I, I have uh, some bias in that, that I selected each of those leaders, but I can't imagine my life without those leaders around me because they, they do so much and do it so well. Uh, and we as an organization could accomplish nearly as much if I relied just on myself to get things done. And that's, that's a key lesson in leadership. You always rely on others to get things done. Um, and uh, your success depends upon the quality and effectiveness of the people around you, not as much about how, how successful or how good you are individually. We realize in healthcare now that, that there's only a small percentage of an individual's health that we impact through delivering healthcare. We've realized that there are many other factors, whether they be educational level, income levels, uh, individual habits such as uh, diet and exercise, all that goes into uh, the health of an individual. Yet we as a healthcare provider only impact a small percentage of that. So we've now realized the real need to have the partnerships across the community if we're truly going to improve the health of the community we serve. And so we realize we can't do it ourselves or by ourselves as a healthcare provider. And so it's incumbent upon us to reach out into the community to deal with, to work closely with different community-based agencies who are already doing a really good job, which in their niche area, perhaps we can help um, integrate or collaborate, build collaboration across those agencies focused around the health of the community, helping us help the community address all those different factors that go into an individual's health. So to me, that's at the essence of partnership and collaboration throughout our community. Right. Um, you're very active in the community. I've, I've seen you on a baseball field, coaching Little League and stuff like that. Why is it important for us to uh, take a break from what we do nine, eight to five, Monday through Friday or, or whatever to kind of take a look at ourselves and, 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 and take that break. Why is that important for a leader to do that, do you think? Well, I, I believe in, in, in being well-rounded personally. Uh, and also, I have a family who I love dearly and want to spend time with and foster relationships with my wife and my children. And so it, that takes time uh, to do that. But to me, it's also an opportunity to to stay connected to the community um, because that's what I enjoy doing. And also, uh, it's an opportunity to recharge the batteries. A lot is required and demanded of leaders, particularly in healthcare these days. And so you need to find the opportunities to step away from healthcare and to recharge your batteries and getting into areas that you enjoy, whether they be hobbies or spending time with family or traveling, whatever it may be. Right. It's necessary to recharge those batteries. Absolutely, absolutely. Imagine that you are addressing a bunch of other leaders from different industries. What are some key uh, lessons from navigating the particular challenges of a large healthcare system that you would extrapolate from and generalize to other industries, other organizations, but that you have like a unique perspective on because of where you sit? Yeah, I, I think being a uh, community-based not-for-profit organization, clearly we're mission-driven, and that's important, and that. That, in, or, in essence, is our purpose for existence. Um, I think that is a key driver of our culture throughout our organization. And I think in terms of healthcare, uh, organizations outside of healthcare, I think making sure you stay connected to your mission and purpose as an organization is something that we could offer as an example. Uh, I think other areas is we're such a complex business, unfortunately, 
And so our focus on trying to keep things as simple as possible, I think, can be translated into other healthcare, uh, excuse me, other organizations or other industries outside of healthcare. Uh, and then as we look at, we're a service business, so we're we deliver care to people. Uh, and as we look at that, it's it's values driven service to others. And just because we're healthcare doesn't mean that. You know, we're focused on the values of compassion, accountability, respect, excellence, and smiles. That just happens to be our organizational values, but they go hand in hand with helping best serve and support our customer, the patient. So I think other service-based industries could learn from that in terms of bringing in more values-based service into their delivery method, because uh, I think it makes a big difference. I mean, clearly in healthcare, it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. But I think as you look at the changes and the evolution of customer service in, uh, across different industries, mm-hmm. you realize that, that more companies are, are focused on only the friendliness side, the smile, the compassion, the respect for their customer. So I think there's some lessons to be learned from healthcare that could be applied in other industries. Uh, something I often ask uh, CEOs, the research shows that the higher you go, so to speak, in an organizational ladder, uh, the harder it becomes for you to actually receive consistent and candid feedback. And so, in other words, the harder you might have to work to get it. So for you personally, what does it look like for you to really seek out? So ironically, then it becomes harder, but you need it more, right? Absolutely. The higher you go. So what does that look like for you in terms of making space to seek out that, that feedback? Well, first of all, you have to take the initiative to get the feedback. Uh, and you seek feedback from different constituents. You don't you don't just go to your direct reports, those who report to you, who you're the boss over, but you seek different groups and, and find mechanisms to seek the input from different groups. For example, um, you realize that new employees provide a fresh perspective and bring you know, vast experience to the table, having worked in other hospitals, other healthcare systems. And so I have the opportunity to interact with the new employees as part of our new employee orientation and culture day. Then I ask them to come back and have breakfast or lunch with me 90 days later because I want to hear directly from the new employees. First of all, do we walk the walk of the talk you hear in orientation and culture day? But secondly, you know, what have you experienced during your own boarding process with us that works really well that we need to continue doing? Or what does not work as well that we need to need to address and perhaps improve or change? Uh, within the healthcare system. Uh, every week I meet with my direct reports and we approach that as a weekly huddle where we talk about items that are most important to the healthcare system that week and we have established a culture within that group where we're a partnership. And so we view our, our business, our mission of healthcare is we're partners in this, equal partners. So you put any and everything on the table uh, to be discussed amongst that group. I think the other thing for, for leaders is you have, to, you have to be mindful of how you utilize that feedback so that you foster a safe and open environment where people feel free to give you that, that feedback, that open, honest feedback. So in that new employee forum, for example, we've made, very, made a conscious effort to ensure that we protect that information so it's essentially coming from an anonymous source. Mm-hmm. So we don't, um, we don't penalize that person for having raised the opportunity for improvement, but yet we go and 
do something with that information and report back to the individual or individuals that raised that. So that gave them the scent, the comfort that we're appropriately using the information, but also gave them confidence that we're actually doing something with their time and the information they shared with us. All of that, I think, fosters a more open and transparent environment. In healthcare services, there's a unique tension, and we would call it a polarity to be managed. So polarity is when you've got two competing priorities that neither of them will ever go away, but they, they pull against each other, and so you have to manage it. So for a healthcare system, on the one hand, um, let's say uh, patient care or the patient experience is like you're always saying, well, this is the reason we exist. This is what's going to uh, you know, keep us in business. This is what's going to keep us having a positive impact. On the other hand, there is like a financial bottom line that you have to hit. And so that often translates into a need for efficiency, right? So you may say, you know, your appointment slots providers have to be only this many minutes long. And sometimes there's a tension. Well, if it's only this many minutes, what if I just need to sit and care for this person and that takes an hour? So that's a polarity to be managed because efficiency is important. It's always going to be important. Um, but putting the patient first, patient care is also always going to be important. Um, how, what are some ways or that you or others uh, at NMHS have tried to manage that polarity or have tried to hold both of those things together uh, uh, well? Well, sticking to your example of, of polarity being, you know, being mission-driven, serving the patient's needs on the one hand, and on the other hand, having, you know, significant financial requirements in, in a challenging financial environment for most hospitals and yes. healthcare systems. So managing through that, um, I guess, uh, number one, we, we strive to utilize best practices and benchmarks mm. from around the industry to help us understand how well or poorly we're managing the financial area, for example, uh, and also how well we're managing the patient experience. Mm. And so clearly we have to be balanced as an organization. We can't just be really good financial managers. Mm. We have to be good financial managers. We also have to be great clinical providers and service providers. Mm. On the other hand, so a couple of mechanisms we utilize to, to make sure that our eyes are on the correct targets and we're working towards those targets while also serving that mission of continuously improving the health of our people of our region. Um, we created a, a patient and family advisory council mm. so that we could ensure that we remain close to our customer, mm. the patients and the families who are there supporting the patients. So we have groups across each of our hospital markets, these patient and family advisory councils. So as we consider changes or as we consider certain challenges and issues, we go to those advisory councils to seek feedback from them. Mm. So we've put them to work from you know, pitching them of, uh, say, this uh, uh, insurance company issue we have, we'd like to we use them as a sounding board to say this is what we're mm. thinking of doing and how we're thinking of communicating. How does that resonate with you? Mm. Do you have any other uh, suggestions about how we might want to approach that differently? Uh, to utilizing the patient and family advisory council members to walk around the hospital mm. to say what do you see that's appealing or not appealing to the eye of a patient or family. You know, what do you see that we could, changes we can make in, in how you as a patient access our healthcare system? Or how we as a caregiver support you as the family member or caregiver for that patient once they're discharged from the hospital? How can we better support you? 
So we find ways to make sure we stay close uh, to the patient and their needs, um, while also managing the, you know, the challenging financial environment for us. And, and really, I, I would say that the, the greatest polarity exists between the insurance company and the patient. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we just so happen to be in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. And so we have some very recent examples of where that takes place, but the insurance company have a very uh, interest that's competitive to the patient's mm-hmm. interest. They want access to health care when they need it and however much and whatever type of health care they have. Insurance companies are incentivized to manage very closely that access and amount of health care they get. And a lot of times that puts the patient and the insurance company at polar opposites. We've been sitting here today with Shane Spees. Shane, we just want to thank you for your leadership at the hospital and what you do for our area. Um, and we just thank you for, for being that partner that you talked about earlier. And we want to thank you for spending the time and, and kind of giving us some nuggets of your leadership with us today. Yeah, well, happy to join you.